thanks for joining me in Sheffy's Sandbox. I'm April Dawn Scheffler, and I invite you to play with me and my guest today, Lori Crawford and her sidekick, Mercury. Welcome to both of you. Thank you so much for having both of us. <laughs> in this segment, we pop into a virtual coffee house before hitting the beach. And being the benevolent host that I am, your order's on me. So what order do you give the barista? Mm, well, we have some dietary changes for Mercury, so it's not what I would normally get, but I would have a, decaf, a decaf ice latte with soy milk and some brown sugar syrup or whatever they add to make it taste less sad. <laughs> well, and I will tell you that this is a very magical coffee shop, so it can taste like one thing and affect your body a different way so if you could have whatever what would it be mm-hmm. oh I would have like a caffeinated chocolate milk with a whole whole like probably a can worth of whipped cream on it <laughs> I like to say I like my milk caffeinated instead of really having coffee itself <laughs> I have a question, if it's okay to ask. Does anyone ever ask you what you're ordering at the coffee shop? Oh, golly. Um, That's sweet of you to ask. I will tell listeners that you are incredibly thoughtful. Before this, I I told you that I had a hypnosis event. And you, you reached out and said, hey, if it's going a little long or you want some time to integrate, we can definitely push it back. And I was like, wow, this person is awesome. And I actually was able to utilize the extra time and be like, okay, yeah, can we move it forward 15, 30 minutes? And, oh gosh. So let me, let me ask myself, what would I want to drink? Okay, so this actually brings up an opportunity to talk about one of my new go-to places. They serve a rose latte. And I had not realized that that was a thing. I mean, I knew you could see roses and touch them and, and, you know, smell all those things, but not taste. I'm like, what does rose even taste like? I mean, I kind of had an idea because of the essential oil. Sometimes maybe you get a little taste of that on your tongue, (laughs) but I love roses to begin with. So I'm like, okay, shoot, I'll try it. And it was really interesting I say this I usually stick with things that I like and I'm comfortable with so maybe more people have instances where they are surprised by things but I'm tempted to think also that as we get older I mean we've just tried a little bit of everything so there's not much that can surprise us anymore but this really was interesting uh, to have this rose latte so that's what I'm going to order. And if it weren't so magical, I would have to specify decaf because I've had to cut out alcohol and caffeine to be able to sleep at night. So (laughs) that's what I'm having. So thank you for asking. (laughs) Yeah. And I love that you also shared that sort of world building component that there's often a mundane version of something magical that we maybe like haven't realized we can have a version of access to. So I'm always curious about playing with that question of, okay, I want this magical thing. What's the mundane 
current reality version that I can access and then seeing if that helps us feel like we have more access to choices that we want to make instead of really being stuck in something that doesn't feel like what we want. Mm. I feel like I could sit with that for a while longer. (laughs) Thankfully, because I edit my podcast, I'll have a chance to do that. (laughs) Well, kudos you for editing. I run on the, and this might be for anyone who knows of human design, I'm a third line where I'm just like, anything else, whatever. Now, if it's something that could be sensory overwhelm to the extreme, then I'll cut that out. But if it's extra ums or farts or whatever, just like we're having life here. So I will oh, just that's, I wish celebrate I you for the, I, the time it takes because editing is a whole thing. That's so. a whole nother monster <laughs> or friend. <laughs> I don't know. I also have a three line. My three is on the conscious sign is yours as well yes I'm a three five me too okay great so I like to blame my compulsion to edit on my natal mercury and retrograde so mercury is in retrograde in my natal chart and so I feel as though whatever I put out there I do have to tweak it I have to do all the Mercury, I'll translate. She's saying she's also a three five and was born on a Mercury retrograde. So she was like, oh, I can relate to that, April. Mm. Oh, thank <laughs> you for your support. I knew Mercury would be joining us because I've listened to a couple of, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here, but I've listened to a couple of your episodes and Mercury is always your little co-host. And I love hearing all of her happy sounds. It's, it's so awesome. Maybe if I were to add just a happy baby soundtrack, <laughs> I would get more listeners. <laughs> it's the secret serotonin boost I didn't know was happening until <laughs> it happened. Right? When, to be honest, that's what, it was me giving myself permission to just allow really the connection part of her being in episodes for me to be able to start a second season and keep going because it was really easy from perfectionist mind to be like oh I, I can't record or do anything because I'm a stay-at-home work from home parent with a day job and a business and pocket like all these things and so when I, I asked myself what feels like the priority was just having the opportunity to try to share out and what that looked like in practice was just having her with me and really doing what I say I do in my work, which is improvising life, letting life provide those moments and then improvising our way through it. So I was like, well, if I'm going to be about what I say, I support people in that this is what that looks like in this chapter of life. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's so beautiful. Well, that kind of gives us an opportunity for us to talk about you in this next segment which I have called, I think I know you from somewhere. So (laughs) sometimes living one's purpose and going through this human experience can look like playing small, but other times it can look like playing big. So in your spotlight moments, Lori, have there been any claims to fame, times that our listeners may have seen you or your work? Well, if if you imagine a time before COVID, so however that long that feels for you, if you were if you were ever in the states of Maryland, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, you might have seen randomly, oftentimes someone wearing what kids call a grout fit. So like mismatched gray shirt or sweatshirt with gray sweatpants, just shuffling through my day. So I would say probably not that noticeable. 
<laughs> but since COVID times, you might have seen me online. I have a few random moments where I'll comment on a celebrity post or something with something where I'm like, oh, that's so funny. And then maybe one out of 50 times, someone else thinks it's funny. But I will say my most recent claim to fame that made me really proud was <laughs> in this Facebook group called This Cat is Chunky. It's great for just feeling happy feelings all the time because people just post their chunky cats. And I had this comment in there and it had maybe 60 likes. So I felt very trending and I was like, mm, it's yes. actually funny. So if you're in This Cat is Chunky, you might have seen me there. Aw, well, you you can talk about your podcast. You have at least one listener because I've been listening. So, (laughs) well, it's funny as I was answering, I was like, I don't know if I'm getting the essence of a question because I have ADHD, um, and so my mind is like, ooh, what playground did I hear the question from? It's not usually the playground where it was asked. So I always feel like I'm going on a journey. If you come with, that's great, but I'll I'll meet you back at the bus stop at some point. (laughs) I love that because I do a lot of rabbit holes. In fact, one of the most recent episodes was called rabbit holes with the queer therapist who lives in the woods. But I also long time ago, I had taken this Clifton strength finder quiz and focus is supposedly one of my strengths my top strengths. So I like going down the rabbit holes, but I usually I'll rein us back onto course. So, you know, saddle up with me and we'll be good. (laughs) Yeah. I feel really viscerally in my body as full circle moments where it's like things will energetically link back up. Cause even in, so speaking of my podcast, I'll have guest episodes right now. I'm in the flow of having one guest at the beginning of each month and then break out episodes based off of what's coming up from that for the rest of the weeks of the month. And so when I'm listening to the guest episodes, it's when I feel more alive is talking with someone one-on-one because I am a mental projector. I tell people it's like a fiber flush, right? So my energy from my, my thoughts are, are coming through your system and sort of shaking up all the cobwebs everywhere for you. So when I'm listening to that, I'm like, wow, we went from here to there, here to there. And then there's always these moments at the end where one of the first things that we spoke about in say the first five minutes comes back through really effortlessly. And that's when I feel my body is like, I call it a transformer moment where I'm like, it's just like the switchboard of happiness. I'm like, Oh, it happened. Oh, speaking of transformers, I have found them very frustrating in that I can never put them back. Oh, sure. I can put them into the transformer, but then how do you get that sucker back into the diesel truck or whatever? I know, right? It's it, it it so much easier than it is. You said, oh, maybe the, the whole point is that you you don't. I was thinking of the visual, the visual of trying to get a sleeping bag back in the bag for the sleeping bag. <laughs> you can tell I was a former Girl Scout when I was little, but I was the one of the only people who could get it back, but it's because yeah, my dad was in the army, so I'd like watch how he wa- folded his mm. sleeping bag and like, study it. So then that way, once or twice a year, girls got camping trips. I could show off and be the sleeping bag folder. Yes. Really, I just became, am I allowed to cuss? Yes. Okay, I became everyone's bitch. When I was just like, I found your sleeping bag. So everyone got to go eat more s'mores and I'm in there rolling 30 sleeping bags, exhausted. But I'm like, I'm relevant. That's <laughs> so like so funny how even as like children, you can start seeing some of those functioning patterns that you pick up and you look back and you're like, oh, was I really having the fun I thought I had? <laughs> mm. It was really cool what you said about maybe the point is to not, so to me, it, it, it goes to the point of not playing small anymore mm-hmm. and just staying that magical transformer. Yeah, because transformers, uh, at least what I'm thinking of the few that I've seen actually in person, the transform size is so much bigger, literally, than the more compart piece. So it's almost like taking off that, that fullness that you said, 
just creates more room to play, right? You can play with uh, the full toy in, in more ways than if it's just in the truck, right? Right. But someone has to be ready for that because they're not, they, they're, they can't hide when they're <laughs> so much bigger. <laughs> I have very situational humor. There was this commercial, I think it was like a car insurance or something the other day, and they're trying to play hide and seek in the desert. And so one guy's trying to hug a, t- a tumbleweed and hide behind it. And someone else is literally trying to hide behind that person. And so it's just completely stupid. And I absolutely was the only person on earth laughing that hard at it. But it's that moment where you're like, oh shit, there really is no place to hide. I overcommitted what do I do? You know, like you're not even able to ostrich and put your head in the sand. You just have to be in the open. Mm. Yeah. And just be for me. When I heard you talk about someone hugging a tumbleweed, we actually had those where I grew up. I grew up in the Texas panhandle. And so you would see those just tumbling across the highway. I got a allergy test years, years later, after I had already moved Houston. And it said that was one of the highest reactivities I had was to the, the tumbleweed. <laughs> so me just thinking about hugging that thing, I'm like. <laughs> so at that point you're like, it's actually a worse option than just being in the open, right? You're like, that's actually oh a type of coverage I don't want. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, so I'm going so meta. You're better off just being you than trying to hide. <laughs> Because it could be behind a stupid tumbleweed that makes you break out. <laughs> and then in that case, you have to re-break out of hiding to alleviate the breakout. This is good. This is like 20 layers of meta inception, but like, you know. <laughs> and then you're all swollen and itchy and you don't even look like the normal person you were before. Okay. <laughs> No, that, so that does make me think of something to that, the point of where this hole started of this, like sort of being seen and transforming and going back to what it was. I um, studied abroad in England. So I know it was cheaper to study abroad than pay out-of-state tuition that semester, which just makes no sense. But so I was there and I didn't know at the time I was allergic to honey. I have something called oral allergy food syndrome. So I'm allergic to pollen. And so almost anything I eat produce wise, I can have a reaction to at any time, depending on where the pollen strains from or what time of year, like it's a lot of fun. So I didn't know I was allergic to honey, which not makes so much sense because that just is pollen, right? I just never liked the taste as a child. So I never ate it. So I was there and my roommate was like, oh my gosh, you have to eat this honey toast. It is amazing. And so she made me three or four slices of like just, you know, toast with butter and honey. And I crushed them. I'm like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. So we go out to party. One of my friends from the States was living abroad there with a host family at the time. And so I was staying with her that night. So suddenly I'm waking up and I'm hearing this, this child that I don't know, right? Cause we got back at like 4am because bars over there just don't close so I'm waking up to the scream it's like 7 a.m and I'm like why is it pitch black I'll just like hear this little kid screaming and I'm trying to find them it's so dark and then I'm like wait what I go to touch my face and my hand is five inches away from my face perception wise I can tell I shouldn't be at my face yet but I'm touching my face so I was quasimodo swollen because of my reaction and this little kid that doesn't even know who I am or that someone else was there wakes up and comes downstairs and sees that. So then they're mortified. And then I'm like, ah, so it was like the Eminem commercials where they're screaming at Santa, and Santa's screaming at them. And then everybody's just like, what do I do? 
my friend still passed out drunk and I'm just like so the parents come in and then they're like what it was this whole thing so needless to say I have to then ride the 40 minute train back to Manchester by myself and I'd taken some antihistamines but I could only see if I tilted my head back because it was like squint my eyes are open so I had to look at a really weird angle to see so I'm getting on this train and every time I sat down and someone would sit down and see me they'd get up and leave and move I was so aware of how I looked where I was like wow I'm really somewhere that is not familiar to me and I have to navigate getting back to my dorm somehow and also I just don't have a way of not being in this space in the form that I am right now and it's not worth the energy to to try to justify to everyone I don't normally look like this I don't like it was just really humbling aware of ableism moment before I had the language for it of wow my ability to get help because they couldn't see or anything is really impacted because people are already like I'm gonna pass <laughs> another one so please but like, yes that it made me think of that <laughs> so no honey for you okay no honey for me unless it's hot I can eat it once it's well, I know you are excited about this segment. Guests are asked to choose a word or phrase that they would like to hear used more often in everyday conversation. Something that doesn't get enough play or enough airtime. The prior guest, which was Lauren McGurin from Holisticism Hub, she is a personal chef and she teaches intuitive cooking. It was really awesome. The word that she chose for you to use is regenerative. So you are tasked to try to somehow fit that into our conversation today. Now, you also get to choose a word for the next guest to dance with, and it could be a peculiar word that you find funny or something that just resonates with you. So what are you laying down for them to pick up? I'm laying down some razzle-dazzle. Ooh, okay. Razzle-dazzle. Okay, and just uh, out of curiosity's sake, how would we hear Lori possibly use that in a, in a sentence. Oh goodness. I have this whole thing. Thank you for asking. I will pretend it's succinct. So for me, razzle dazzle is really this ability to hold more than one thing at a time. And so having a razzle dazzle day is you're having a day where it feels good and you're able to give your best. But I also say you can put an F on front and have a frazzle dazzle day where you cannot be having this shit day but you're still able to acknowledge that and then have that sense of dazzle where you're like, I'm still gonna you know, honor my needs even if the day isn't. So I didn't really answer your question, but I will now use it in a sentence where it's like, hmm, Mercury tried strawberries yesterday and they were just the razzle dazzle best thing she ever had, right? She just had the best day ever with that strawberry. So we can use it as an adjective or? Verb or noun. Or verb, <laughs> yeah, I'm loving it, okay. Very cool. And either way you go with it, whether it's a razzle-dazzle or frazzle-dazzle, I think what you were saying is that the dazzle is still there. Yeah, the dazzle is, and thank you for teasing that because I didn't tie that shoe very well. The dazzle is our ability to honor what our needs are, right? Mm -hmm. So the razzle or the frazzle is like how life is happening and can we still honor what dazzle we have, if any, that day to, to be helping us navigate that moment. Oh yeah, shine bright like a diamond. Is exactly, yeah. <laughs> The dazzle, yeah. Regardless of what happens to us in that icky film that I think that sometimes we get throughout the course of the day, we really do. Each of us have this really unique dazzle that if we can let ourselves be us, who we are in our authenticity and in love, it can make the world a much 
brighter place. So and I think our quality of life it feels more regenerative boom, boom. when we're able to let in the dazzle, right? And then also acknowledge that we don't have to stop dazzling if we're in a time or place where, you know, perhaps other people don't have access to that. It's more about having contextual awareness and uh, a willingness to sort of mirror what their needs are, right? Because dazzling doesn't have to look like being the loudest or center stage. If you're naturally someone who's more of an observer, allowing yourself to observe in a room and not feel like you have to, to you know, shout over the loudest person. Or if you are someone who's more, you know, interactive, allowing that to happen and, and being coachable along the way. And I think that that allows this idea of life being lived instead of just this feeling of existing and going through the motions. Rather than me doing the usual and saying how I met you and how we got to this moment, I'm going to let you tell the listeners how we got to this point where we're talking together. There was once a late night where was sleeping and her mom was on stop you when I... I am such a sucker for things touched on one of them, and that is a story. <laughs> so I love how you started this out with um, maybe a little bit of foot in your mouth type thing, but I still loved it. So go ahead. It was a late night. Mercury was sleeping, and her mommy was scrolling on her phone, and there was like six thousand emails, and literally in one email account. And I was like, I am so behind. But I saw one from. MPL and I was like who's that or MLP one of those letters like what's that is that spam and I open it but it was actually shell from holisticism and I was like oh have I not been reading these messages I thought they were spam and I see oh this course is happening in like a day last time to sign up and normally I'm like yeah okay cool but then I was like oh wait maybe there's a reason I open this email maybe there's something so I read and I see what the course is and then I was like okay even though I'm trying to cut my spending impulsively, hello third lines. I was like, I want to do this. So I joined the course. And then a weekend, there was this thread and someone was like, you know what, let's give and take. Do you have something to offer? And someone can also offer something. And then you just have a sense of community. And then I saw April. April had a post and I was like, I have a podcast and I would like to trade episodes or feature someone. And I was like, oh, this sounds like fun. And I looked and I creeped a little bit and I saw April use language of play and stories. I was like, I like to play and tell stories. So then I, I signed up. <laughs> That's how we're here. And we all lived happily ever after. <laughs> you can tell my stories are way too long at the beginning and then they end abruptly. Just leave you wondering if that's really how it happened. It went. Yeah. So yes, thank you so much for that. That was a lot more colorful than I think I would have carried off with. That's how it happened. It was give and take, which is once a month offered on Holisticism Hub. And I did, I put it out there. Let's do a podcast swap and we can be on each other's podcast. And whenever you signed up, I, I followed you in your podcast and started listening to a few episodes. And let me just fill you in. It's only been recently, maybe two maybe three, but two weeks or so that I have started offering something called sandbox healing adventures. I'm creating this container and I kind of just let synchronicity and things play out and provide them with whatever tool in the moment seems appropriate or fun, whatever lights me up. 
we take out my Oracle decks and pull a card and see if there's something there, or we can go into the person's human design or their numerology blueprint or pull up their astrology, or maybe we can do some hypnosis or just dabble in any of these things. So I'm listening to your episode and you're talking about, again, like you mentioned the same language of play and fun. And it also reminds me, podcast listeners have probably heard me say this more than once, but a while back I had been in this hypnosis session and I asked the question of myself, what is my purpose? And I was waiting for this fantastic, glorious purpose to be revealed to me, like, and hunger or something kind of up there. No, the answer was I was to bring more fun into the world. And I told that to someone here recently and they, they're like, oh, you're one of those people. (laughs) And I said, I think one of the reasons why I've been tasked with this purpose is because it hasn't necessarily come easy for me. And I think regardless of what it is, sometimes we don't readily relate to people for whom things come so naturally or easily because they just are and they can't explain how they got from point A to where they are now. And so I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm that kind of person because of this history and this story I have about depression, trauma, all these things, but how can I take that and alchemize it into life is fun? How can I enjoy this human experience when that wasn't necessarily the case? So going back to, I'm listening to your podcast and yours is, it's called Improviding, right? Improviding. And it's all about making life livable and bringing fun. And one of the recent episodes was you had put out on your Instagram a request. What are some of the things that you just find that just suck the joy out of life? And so you got some feedback. And then you try to pair those activities with something that was nurturing that maybe you could do at the same time or at least experiment with. And then I realized in this last episode that I heard from you that what I do in these sandbox healing adventures, you've been doing (laughs) already. And so it was this moment where I was tempted to think, okay, I'm not offering anything unique or special. Someone's already been doing it and probably a lot better than you. (laughs) So that is just, just to let people know that if they hear their mental chatter, that I hear it too. It's, it's always there. And sometimes your mind is not your best friend. And until you refocus or look through a different lens and I just had to remind myself that I love what Lori's doing. And even if she were booked solid, she wouldn't be able to see everybody. She can't duplicate or replicate herself. There has to be an April Lori. (laughs) My thing is, is that even if we feel like we're doing something 
almost identical to what someone else is doing and questionably maybe doing it less fluently than they are, still each person is going to have a very unique audience and the people that are going to be drawn to their specific energy signature. And they're going to put language to it in slightly different ways that are going to land differently, perhaps. So I was like, this is not an excuse, April, to give up because I know I was looking for one. <laughs> no, I need to persevere and um, continue doing what it is and just be like you mentioned before, teachable. What is it that I can learn from Lori about what has worked, what can bring fun in and some of the quickest, fastest ways of doing that. And yeah, teammates, we always need teammates who are here to bring more fun into the world. It doesn't have to be just my purpose only. I'm willing to share that with a few others <laughs> because that's another thing too. It was this revelation during that same hypnosis session or another one that if we each had a very individualized or unique purpose, hopefully I'm describing this correctly, but that is a lot of pressure. It felt like a Moses moment when if you don't do it, then who, who could? And then if you do it wrong, then there's no margin for error. But if you have several different people doing it, there's less pressure. <laughs> You're not this Moses that's there to lead people into the promised land, but you are going to be brought those people who need your specific energy at that time. So Lori, I said a whole lot of words. Did you have anything that you wanted to add? No, I love all of this. And I'm so glad that it circled back to this idea of teammates because one of the thoughts that came through was, I'm so grateful. Yeah, I didn't know I had this ability until you were sharing, but I've realized that some of my perspective shift lately has been when I see someone doing something similar to something that I would love to do, I'm like, oh, great, that's another playmate, right? Because it does mean then suddenly there's someone else world building in a way that feels compatible or supportive of how you want to see the world and this idea of yeah, this idea of play. And so I got really excited with what you're shared. And it's one of those things where it's, I appreciate the moment of sort of seeing myself yeah, reflected back to me through what you shared because it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, <laughs> to the point where you were saying like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do anything. I'm like, oh shit, what I share resonates enough that you would think that I do this, I have the clients to do this with. And the reality is that I I try to put myself back into non-transformer mode. I've been playing so small that I haven't made it accessible for people to click a link and have a session, right? It's because I'm instilling this story. I tell myself that everything has to be hard and that I don't have a way to share out my services. And so even now, I appreciate that you're feeling at least energetically that I am someone who could be holding that space for someone. And then I now have the opportunity to look at where have I not been allowing that to happen, knowing that that's what I really desire is being able to be and really playful, nourishing, regenerative places with people. And then to the, to the point of, it wasn't during hypnosis, but during my meditation practice in the month of May, 
what was coming through too. I was like, okay, I know I'm overcomplicating the business thing. I know I'm overcomplicating what I do. Let's get back to the original message that came through. And so I was trying to rewrite my Instagram bio and I was like, what's the simplest words I can use? And so I was just, I help overwhelmed adults reconnect to their youthfulness really. And even simpler than that is I help adults reclaim their their bodies and their spirits right the part of us that we're told we shouldn't have as we grow up we should just be minds right and as a mental projector i'm not even supposed to think shit through right so i really look at it as like how can we be creating these playgrounds and playing with people so that way we can get curious about when did i stop playing was it when someone told me i couldn't have an imaginary friend or even that idea was it actually imaginary or was i really seeing it is that part of my spiritual gifts was i seeing someone and playing and then sort of deconstructing this idea that properness has to happen as we grow up and, and this is sort of a tangent but i often think back to my time working directly with you where i'm just like thinking no the idea of growing up shouldn't be that we become adults it should be can we maintain it, our youthfulness as much as possible you know, and, and that isn't the reality that most of us have access to. So I feel like my purpose here is to just offer places where we can practice the uncomfortability of getting more comfortable with being our fuller selves. And I think that happens through play. Yeah, I can't even remember. I think I was 18 at the time, 18 or 19. And I said something and a mentor of mine, someone who I looked up to, she looked at me and said, I don't think you'll ever grow up. <laughs> and I think she meant it as a compliment in a way, but I didn't take it that way. Even the way she said it, I think it was a two-sided thing. I, But then also, from my perspective now, when I get triggered by something, it's often because I want to embody more of that. Like this person is, is doing something that I wish within me that I was doing. So maybe this mentor or this lady who meant a lot to me was just wanting more of that, wishing she had not had to have grown up so fast because she was much older than me. So it was a different time and a different era in which she grew up. Maybe she felt like she couldn't keep that playfulness of spirit. So, I mean, there's been so many times that I have overthought and done plenty of adulting and being the serious, but that's what I want to do. I want to reclaim that sense of play. And I talked about this in my last episode is the last few years, I've been trying to reconnect to my emotions instead of living just from the mind space and reconnecting to my body. And find and placing the same amount of value on those experiences as I do what my mind's telling me. So what else did I wanted to say? It's maybe it's a good thing that I didn't know anyone else did this. I guess that's pretty naive to think that it was a truly unique offering. But I think it's probably good that I didn't know of anyone else doing this because like I said, maybe if I had known, I'd be like, okay, I'll just pass the buck to someone else, right? Oh yeah, I can just refer them all to Lori. <laughs> well, and that's one thing I'm glad you brought it because there's another that I wanted to share but forgot earlier where I'm so grateful for you sharing that you are making it accessible and telling people those sessions are there because that's 
the sort of the mirror that I need where it's like, I don't just need this conceptual thing and for it to accidentally happen because it happens just when I'm speaking with people. I was like, no, the actual saying, this is an intentional thing. That is the really nourishing thing for me to, to hear with you sharing. It can just be something that's listed that people can have access to. I think we were both having the opposite or these compatible passing where you were sharing at the thing and then not realizing that someone else would do where I was like, oh, I have this idea and I'm not going to do the thing at all. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah, that's dangerous. <laughs> oh gosh. So with the three line, both of us having being three fives, I wonder if this is um, reflective of many three fives or just mine, but from what I've heard from other threes is that since it is all about experimentation, we can get bored pretty easily. I do. I do get bored very easily. And so just being corralled into one modality, whether that's numerology or hypnosis or whatever, it just felt limiting. And I don't know, it just didn't give me enough room to, to play and there were some things that sure I had taken a class in or a course in and I was qualified, I guess, in quotation, you know, uh, quotation marks to do it. But I was part of me was really scared or afraid to do it because I think part of me didn't want to succeed because I didn't want to do that same thing all the time. <laughs> that makes sense. So I did the, these two sandbox healing adventures. They were in the same day and I didn't feel depleted afterwards, even being the introvert that I am, or maybe ambiverts. I've heard that called where sometimes I'm surprisingly extroverted, but then other times I am such the introvert. It's like, I need my time to recharge. Maybe that's a projector thing as well, but it's like with my introverted self, I, I didn't feel depleted. And so that to me was the key. Okay, wow, I'm doing something that someone else seemed to really enjoy and it didn't feel like work. I don't feel depleted afterwards. This is the key. This is what I need to continue to do. And I can see myself doing lots of them. If I like, if this is how it is and I don't feel depleted afterwards, then I, I see this being something that I want to continue to do. Yeah, it was really fun because I know every session is not going to be the same. And I, I'm thinking to myself of my friend Courtney, who does hypnosis, and that's all she does. And it's her passion. It is her purpose. And she freaking loves it. And she would say the same thing that none of her sessions are exactly the same either. So she's able to find that adventure within each session. So I know it just, it's how everyone works with things, I guess. So someone's going to hear this episode. They're going to be like, I really like Lori's energy. I want to work with her. There was a reason why I heard this podcast today. I want to book with her. What would a session with you look like? Oh gosh, this is such a fun question. And it was like, great following what you shared. I have a really similar experience with this idea of being told, okay, just one modality, but all of me being like, why? And so for the people who want something that's more tender and less energy, 
I have an approach there where it's really looking at what is your accurate location, meaning how are you arriving to the space in this moment? And then I'm able to blend, you know, improvising is a process I've created that is based off of applied improvisation, that with oracle readings, and I'm a certified yoga teacher, and also looking at social presencing theater, which is a breathwork technique, play, improv itself, and human design. I can't remember the things because ADHD, <laughs> but that space is more like that seated down and starting to yes and it. So like, yes, and you're in this space. And then over time, it's like the volume slowly gets turned up, right? You start moving in your seat a little bit. Then you're suddenly like, wait, I have more room. I'm not in a chair, right? I'm on a dance floor, so to speak. And so those sessions or those approaches, when people select that, they're often surprised that they then wanted to do something that was more playful and interactive because they they didn't know that they could have that shift in what feels like a short amount of time. And then there's other people who come in and they know like, look, I just need to do what I call shit shifting. I just know I need to shift some shit around. And so that starts out much higher energy. And I usually call those placations. So, you know, you have staycations, but a placations where you're coming in and you're really just trusting me to set up what are we playing with? This can look like a a one minute timer on your, your phone and you have a scavenger hunt and you have to grab seven items and when we come back we're going to be being stupid with those items and playing that way. The first um, approach is called body prov where it's really embodying that and providing energy and sort of building up the momentum and then placations are when you just know you want to rage and have fun because I found that people were better able to see themselves when they could see like oh it's okay again back to honoring the amber part right I am having this more low-key or my energy just is more reserved and then other people are like oh no I'm ready to go I just need someone to carry the space I love the whole yes and is that what that's what you called it right yeah. the yes and my daughter when she was a younger she would try and say I love you but and then she, I would cut her off I'm like there's no but I love you and <laughs> so then she was like I love you and <laughs> I'm like okay because the two are not in opposition like mm -hmm. you love me and you obviously want something <laughs> yeah and I think too it's like you know sort of looping back to this narrative that we're told that growing up means we can't play more we have to to really become more robotic it's because the underlining energy of that of that mentality is that more than one thing can't be possible right we have to make this full conversion into compliance and doing all the things right and really i look at it as the greater our energetic capacity is to be with opposition or be with things that are more layered to be the onion then we can have a more regenerative experience or something that's come through more simply with my meditations lately is this reality that i want to help adults experience and build a life outside of adulting do we have capacity to do anything beyond just getting all the things done and i think that's that's what's stressing all of us out is because we're told we're only supposed to be adulting. And you know what? I, I recently came up with an idea and you're, feel free to steal it because. <laughs> or collab or to celebrate you. Yeah. <laughs> we're teammates here. But this is my brilliant idea. I've come up with the idea of lunch buddies. Okay. Lunch buddy sessions. And these are for working adults, adults who are working in a 40 hour week in an office and maybe they have that hour lunch break and they've brought their lunch and they don't need a whole hour. 
so they can eat their lunch in 15 minutes and then they can book a session for a lunch buddy session. It's really quick. Maybe you're feeling a little down or stressed out and things are feeling more mechanical. Well, you'll meet with Lori and she will draw an Oracle card and y'all can riff on the imagery of it. And you can kind of start seeing the magic again in the, in the world, or maybe she can put on a, a song and you can dance or whatever. So I'm coming up with these ideas of lunch buddies because sometimes that's the only time slot that people have marked out in their day is lunch. That's all they have to themselves because their time is someone else's after work. It's their families or their kiddos or chores or grocery store trips. So that's what I'm thinking. What do you think? Um, one, I love that. And I want to recognize your ability that you may not have noticed that you were energetically leading up to this earlier because you shared too, if there's only one April, there's only one Lori, right? But one person, yeah. Yeah, doesn't have to do all the things. Imagine how many more people could be served through this lunch buddy idea if there's multiple buddies, right? You know, and so I want to encourage you to, to explore being open to the idea of you having your own lunch buddies that are then serving as lunch buddies to this idea. So do you get what I'm saying? Like there could be 10 approved lunch buddies that are, are part of your network and that those 10 people are then able to hold space however many times a week for a lunch buddy, you know, right? Again, that is the ripples, right? You have more impact and you don't have to do all the things. You have that intuitive download or that ping, and now you get to curate it and really let that idea flourish. And it's so funny. I had something that energetically felt similar when COVID first started. I called it commute to community. So I shifted the amount of time I would have been commuting into community time. So making a YouTube video, showing people how they can move their body outside, showing people how to, if you're really mad, what does anger cooking look like? You know, <laughs> can you let yourself throw the pasta in the pan and miss <laughs> and then make something that tastes like shit. So that way you have a reason to be, to express how mad you are. Just whatever was coming up. And it was that time where I was like, okay, well, I'm not commuting anymore. How can I change this time to acknowledge that for a lot of people, they haven't had to sit with themselves in the way that quarantine asked them to do so. I'm really inspired by your ability to, to see that Lunch Buddies could be, again, something that you do. I'm realizing now more and more the past few weeks how much of a, uh, a thought hoarder I've been because I don't personally necessarily have the energy to do all the things, but it's this reminder, especially as much projector, I'm here to, to just be sharing out ideas and get, let people be inspired. So that way they have the, the go-go juice or the hype energy to do their things. I don't need to do all the things. Mm -hmm. And by me not sharing out that vision, then it doesn't allow anything to shift. So it's both keeping the thoughts only to myself and not taking action on the ones that feel like they are my things to take action on. And you're, we were mentioning, I think before we started recording, being at a standing desk and moving, it was once I had Mercury that I realized I need to move my body so much more, especially as a mental projector, everything is in my body and my design, I have head and awesome to find. She has everything from the throat down. So we're puzzle pieces that way. So she has so much energy and she, you know, needs to move her body and she's physically showing me that. So I improvise those moments of she's providing me cues of, I don't sit still. That's cute that you sit still. I don't. And then I'm able to improvise that moment. Be like, okay, we're going to stand this way. We're going to move. And so I say all that to say, I'm now seeing all of the other types of energy that I need to allow to move through me. My thoughts being one because that is how I'm here as a mental projector to be sharing energy and be in community with others is to give people something to pass through their system and say, does this really inspire or initiate or invigorate or really just light me up in some way and allow them to access their energy in a different way? Oh, that's one of the things I love about having a podcast as a projector is that 
that is our own invitation. So much about it is needing to be recognized and acknowledged. But when you have your own platform, you can put all of that out there and people either will listen or they won't. And that's their listening to their own strategy and authority of human design speak. But yeah, with, with your own podcast, you don't have to wait for an invitation or wait to be acknowledged because it is just another expression of you. And those invitations might come from people listening to you that you're putting those ideas out in front of. So I guess that leads into the question, what made you start a podcast? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that because my thoughts were kind of going already. So I had uh, several friends that are really great. I don't know if this is your experience. Once you get into more of the energy side of life, most of your friends do similar things or are in the energetic field or practices, right? So a lot of my friends have their businesses and do certain things like that. And so I was getting a lot of readings from friends and we're exchanging services, whether that's human design or astrology or numerology, everything was coming up about me being here to communicate and in human design, my incarnation cross is the cross of consciousness. So it's about just knowing these downloads and this divine connection yeah, happens and I'm here to share that out. But one thing that I, I still struggle with is soundboarding. Mental projection is supposed to soundboard. And I realized one of the ways I self-sabotage is I don't soundboard. I just assume because I'm not moving or changing a job every day, I don't have things to make decisions on. So I hoard my energy. I don't speak out. And so after those reading or sessions and so many people just comment it coming up about you're here to communicate, you're here to communicate. I just, someone's like, oh wait, yeah, that idea that's been trickling about having a podcast that's there for a reason. And so I first approached it as, well, this will give me a way to soundboard. But I realized when I came back from maternity leave and started the second season of the Improvising Life podcast that I was only using that space to soundboard, right? And so then it, the episodes weren't as fun because I was getting all these heavy things out. And so I was talking about what makes life not livable. And I realized, oh, I'm not leaving room for what makes it more livable. So I'm in this transition period now of realizing, oh, I need to soundboard some other way also. So that way I have the energetic space for the downloads to come through and for, for the play, right? Mm -hmm. So that way those spaces are happening again. So I think I answered your question, but that so where, <laughs> where else are you uh, soundboarding right now? Yeah. Thank you um, for that question. Cause I need to use these um, resources more. Some dear friends have said that their like inbox is always open. They may not listen to it or respond, but that if I need the energetic space that I can just voice note them. I also box or message myself. Mercury hears a lot of my soundboarding because I just talk <laughs> all day, you know, especially thriving in the fine throat. As you can tell, she talks all the time. So I share out that way. And when it feels like it's something that is a bigger decision to make, then I will call someone or say, I need to bounce this off of a few people. But I actually created my own way that, before realizing what I was doing of soundboarding that I call journey doodling. And as I actually draw out sort of my internal world out on paper with, I call them the bit town beans. So these little bean people. <laughs> and so I actually draw out these sort of playgrounds or board games. And then the words come out of well, what's happening here. And I've had to sort of shift and not be as connected with that practice because I don't have really hand access with a, a baby. But I have reminded myself that as someone where one of my players, I'll see things very clearly. And so I'll give myself these sort of daydream moments to dream, to see out that, that sort of board game in my head and sort of see what I would draw without having to draw it. And I've done that the past few weeks and that's actually felt really helpful. And as a side note, I'm realizing that is something that a year or two ago, it came through as something I wanted to do with people, but I, again, didn't take action on it. I'm wanting to just hold these journey doodle 
play dates where it's just like, okay, you have this, this idea or something that's getting stuck. Let's just storyboard our way through it. And so now I'm really, really excited to, to play with that and see what that could look like, if anything. Mm. So first of all, what's the name of your YouTube channel? Um, I think it's just improvising with Lori. I have not put a video up in so long, so I'm going to check. But your reminder earlier, so April messaged me and let me know that she also records, you know, the video and can put it on um, this episode on her YouTube, which reminds me that all of my guest episodes are on YouTube and I hadn't put any of them on. So I'm going to go revisit and ask people, are they okay with me putting it on? Oh, that would be so good. I'm glad that you sent that reminder out because I'm like, again, that's a way to be sharing things out and not hoarding that energy. For sure. Okay. So now that that's been established, I am super excited to watch the video about the angry dishwashing because (laughs) I had a situation I don't know, a week, week and a half ago. I don't wash dishes that often. My husband and I have this thing where we do the things that annoy us the least. And so he will load the dishwasher and then I have no problems unloading the dishwasher. So we kind of came up with this system that works for us. So it makes it sound really bad, but I don't. I don't wash dishes very often. But there was something about this one night. My husband has a, a stellium in Virgo. And so I knew with the the bad day he was having, he likes to see the sink a certain way. And I was feeling like a a thoughtful wife for once. (laughs) I was like, you know what? This would be the straw that broke the camel's back if you were to see this. And so I just like got to work and there was something that was just pissing me off. And I wanted to throw something as I was. And so I ended up choosing the, the thing that would cause the least damage. It was just a little plastic bowl and I ended up just flipping it. And I felt like such a badass, but no one saw me. <laughs> it's your version of a table flip moment where you're like, yeah. It was definitely my version. I love you sharing this. So <laughs> my husband and I are both Virgos, but he's a manifester, okay? So manifestors, like, they don't want to tell you how they're doing and they don't want to be told how they are doing. I think of it as having a moat or a drawbridge where if that bridge isn't down, just let them be. And so he had been mentioning his manifestor informing once or twice, just a couple of weeks ago, that seeing things on top of the fridge that didn't need to be there had been bothering him, right? It's like old mail or trinkets or what was bothering was I had dried flowers, apparently from before COVID, but I had, I'm time blind with ADHD. I didn't realize it was that long. They were dusty and he's six foot five, mm-hmm. right? I'm five ten. we're both tall, but he can really see the top of the fridge. So he had mentioned it and he was having one of those days. And when he's mad, he will go and he'll mow the grass because I'm allergic to grass, so I can't hail. So he's out there. So he's already mad. He's mowing. And I was like, okay, let me do one thing that might help him feel like he's seen. And I don't make a deal, but so I clean the top of the fridge. It somehow took the whole time it took him to mow for me to clean the top. But no. it was that moment of being like, okay, I'll be responsive. And then a few weeks before that, he, or no, this might be like a year ago. My thing is I get really overwhelmed when I don't have access to counters to feed myself or just to yes. use. And with ADHD, I never have counter space. So after enough times of me actually saying, I just really need help. He went to clean off this counter and this was while I was sleeping. So the next morning I wake up and I turn on the water and I'm suddenly getting water picked, sprayed in the face. I'm like, what? And there's this hole in the faucet and it's spraying me. And I'm like, okay, cool. 
And then I asked him if he knows about it. And his, then he's like, no, what is that here while he's cleaning? He thought yours was a plastic bowl. It makes sense. He just chucked some things in the sink, thought nothing of it. Well, he chucked a, a chef knife and somehow pierced through the faucet. Uh -huh. And so it created this water pick. And so I made this, I think, real on Instagram of me improvising that moment of yes handing and being like, yes, we have a hole in the sink and now I have a free water pick or water flosser. So I'm <laughs> like so up on the screen That's cleaning good. out my teeth. But yeah, I can so relate to that, that idea of what tasks are the least stressful for you and can you have that co-created process and then you had said it might sound bad but no it's actually I mean you both know yourself and you're also able to respectfully create a, a plan where it's like how can we be making each other's adulting tasks less shitty I think that's actually really admirable and something where it sounds like it'd be a small practice but how much energy does that actually free up in your day by knowing you don't have to always be the one touching all the really gross dishes yeah, I was watching this video about 10 signs that you're in a sacred partnership or, or something. And one was that there's interdependence, not codependence, but interdependence. And I think in some of the culture, even with the spiritual culture, we're taught that we need to be able to carry it all on ourselves. And that's not all that healthy either. <laughs> so just being able to have that interdependence of like, okay, I can help with this. You don't mind this so much. Let's help share the load. And all of a sudden it's a lot lighter. And I remember talking with my mother-in-law, she's since transitioned, but we were talking about something and I said, yeah, sometimes it's, just the little things. Uh, and she says it's, it's only, or it's always the little things. And I think that's also pretty true. I love that because the little things are what accumulate volume, right? To be bigger things. Mm -hmm. And I think that to your point about a lot of these sort of dogmatic things that happen in spirituality land or wellness land was really this idea that there's something about autonomy and you have to be totally alone and all these things. But it's like, I think that also gets away from the point of humans are social beings right. and that there are ways to be socially equitable and communal and respectful and coachable and really have room for connection. And I think that the opposite that's expected of this hyper-independence also is a way that we're expected to bypass ourselves and that people bypass when something really is affecting you and when inequities are in place. This whole myth of the bootstrap, right? People say, pull yourself up by the bootstrap, but that assumes everyone has boots. Mm -hmm. you know, like, and then that just isn't the case. Well, we kind of already mentioned this a little bit, but I definitely want us to go over it again so that people know for sure. Lori's Sandbox. How can people find out more about you and follow what you're making in your own sandbox? Oh, yes. Yeah. So you can listen to the Improviding Life podcast. You can join along the, the play explorations at, on Instagram, and that is at improvide.with.lori. And I have a brand new, not really finished, but just try and put it out there website. That's lauriecrawford.me. I'd say that's the least fun play box or sandbox because I didn't know what I was doing, but there's information there. <laughs> okay. And then people, or people who are listening, Lori is L-O-R-I. Yes, correct. Wow. All right. 
I love how in the Lifestylist podcast, Luke Story ends his pods asking his guests this question. So I'm including it in mine. Who have been three teachers or teachings in your life that you might share with our audience that they can go research and also learn from? Yes, I'm so glad that you do this because that it was so helpful to me to reflect. So the first one is the book called The House in the Cerulean Sea by TJ Klune. It's a like young adult fiction book, which is my favorite genre because it's right before adulting sets and we get to play more. And there are two short quotes I want to share from this book. One is because you told me once that if we can't laugh at ourselves, we're doing it wrong. And some of my most human moments where I just feel the most myself is I laugh with myself all the time. And then the second quote is we can find something new and something old. And that's something I'm really trying to remind myself in business too, where it's like, I don't have to always be what I call an invention mode. There's stuff to build from. The second teaching is from Colin Bedell of Queer Cosmos. He referenced a researcher when he said this, this isn't his exact quote, but I heard it from him of what are you pretending not to know? And to the point how we've been talking about how it's like, I have these ideas and I don't take action and I don't serve people through them. What I'm pretending not to know is that I can serve people. I can have these sessions that I can just create a sign up form or a calendar and do these things. I often pretend that I don't know what I want to do or how or what I could do, but I actually do know those things. So I just love that question lately of what am I pretending not to know? And then the third thing is from a blog. I couldn't find the person's name, but the blog is called the Unlocking Words blog. And they uh, have a blog post for all of the cards that are in the Wild Unknown Animal Spirit deck. And that's one of my favorite decks to work with. So I will often read their blog post on the cards that I pull. And they were referencing this quote that they read from someone else. They didn't have who the initial quote was from, but it was on the camel post in case someone wants to look, but I have the, the link to share with you. But it says, if you have many competing interests, do not feel forced to focus on just one. Instead, introduce them to each other. This is the space where magical things happen. You get science-focused art, you get stories about science. And mm. I just love that. One of my favorite types of poetry to write is the ekphrastic poems, where you're brought up with someone else's creation whether it be art or music. And for me, with the prompts I've been experimenting with within the past year, mostly art. Having art beget more art, it's, it's really fascinating. I love that. Would you dare say it's regenerative? I, would, I wouldn't dare. I would dare to say that. <laughs> well, Lori, I want to thank you so much for joining me in Sheffy's Sandbox. And... I would also dare to say that this is probably not our last podcast together, but so this is the first of whatever's to come. Part of playing is not knowing exactly what's ahead, but thank you for joining me in my sandbox and until next time, much love.